0: How many feel better than when they came in this morning amen amen thank you worship team for leading us into god's presence today how many of the look at the you know we got these uh graphics up here today i want to just thank sarah for uh, spending some time on drawing all of those for us and uh it's going to be uh exciting we got a we got a a, a three-week series that's starting today on battle cry And uh, today is called Heart of the Champion. And um, this is something that we've been working on for a little while.
1: This is actually, um, you guys, know, for those of you who were here at the beginning of the year, and I felt that the word of, for the house was that it was going to be a hard year, a difficult year, but not in terms of heartache and not in terms of uh, pain, but in terms of um, plowing through through the land and just really um, banding together, and I think I used the phrase, all hands on deck. And this was actually a message, the battle cry message, that I felt like God gave me back then. And uh, I was just waiting for the right time for it. And I really feel like halfway through the year, we're halfway through this year, guys halfway through the year that god has reserved this message for this time and you know sometimes you go through time and then as you begin to kind of just like you get exhausted through everything that you walk through and you get exhausted through all of the things that are happening around you but then there comes a moment where you rally together and you join together, and you begin to allow that resolve that we talked about in the beginning of, of January, and you allow that to rise up, and it becomes this battle cry, and it becomes really solidified inside of you. And so mm-hmm. that's where this message is coming from. I'm really excited about um, what, what this is, so bear with me if I get really excited today. Um, yeah. Just
0: join with me, just she, she actually was all excited even when we were going over the message at home. You know, She was just like, this is the way we're gonna preach this message. <laughs> And so I just want to comment on it real quick, too. And one of the things that I feel is this is an important uh, shift. You know, even in the in in the Old Testament, there was a story, I believe, it was either with Elijah or Elisha and and their servant, and they were surrounded by the Syrian army who was coming to get them. And the Lord and he and, and the servant was all concerned because it said they were completely surrounded that day. But the prophet prayed and said, Lord, open up his eyes, and all around him was all the chariots of heaven who were there in the midst of that. And I believe that what is happening, right, is there's a shift away from that defeatist mentality, that victimhood this day, and we are moving forward into the next stage that God has for us as a body of believers. And I just believe this is so important for the day and age that we are to just kind of move forward, right, from, from and, I, and get this key word, from surviving life living it right this is the time i you know we hear this all the time you know where you know especially even as christians you know people are just surviving and we're going to move past surviving life today to living it because christ came to give us life And give us life more abundantly, and that is what we are here for.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start off with a scripture. Second Timothy 2, verse uh, 1 to 4. It says in the ESV, "You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus." No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. How many of you guys know that we are enlisted in an army? And as the army of God, right, we are together, we are all soldiers, we are all, um, yeah, fighting together and unified. And, um, you know, we can see in, in a natural army, they have different ranks, and, you know, um, and things all happen under authority. And it comes from the authority, and it trickles down, and they give the orders, and they all begin to band together. And, and for those who are going and are actually out there in the battlefield, and they are fighting, they're, they're individuals, But in that moment, they're joining together and they are one. And you see in the battlefield that they have each other's back. They don't leave... Um, each other laying. They don't leave each other just, you know, to get um, shot. They cover each other's back, and that's what we are um, in the body of Christ. In Isaiah 42:13 to 17, um, I don't think I'm actually going to read the whole thing. I think I'm just going to read verse 13. It says, the Lord will march out like a champion. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. How many of you guys feel like your zeal was stirred up this morning? Well, hopefully before the end of the service you'll have more zeal that's just stirred up and it won't just leave as you leave this building that zeal will continue through the week and it will go unhindered all the way through but it says um like a warrior he will stir up his zeal with a shout he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies how many of you guys want to triumph over the enemy this day i know i do
0: That verse talks about Christ walking out as a champion, stirring up his zeal on the inside and champion, a champion, a champion you know we we hear about champions all the time right this is just something that 's just even part historically that we hear about as well there was when I was a, when there was a child and Pastor sherry and me we always have this debate at our house there was a, there was a singer back in the day about a man uh, whose name was Carmen i don 't know if anyone remember you know who Carmen is from back in the day and uh, pastor Pastor sherry you know always you know implies that you know that she you know had most of her affection. Right towards Carmen. She used to write him love letters and everything. Like when she was no, hold on, I, I didn't know. write him
1: love letters. I wrote him a letter asking to be in his band. That's what I asked him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> every single week. Anyways, I loved Carmen. Week, week, weekly. She wrote these letters. But but I grew up on Carmen. Pastor Rick's in the house, and he knows that we grew up on listening to Carmen. And I just loved him. Maybe it's just because he was Italian. Um, but but he was. A, but he but he told stories while he you know played a lot of songs right so he was a storyteller and he did a really great job but back in the day i loved it and one of the songs that he did in an album that came out was called the champion and uh, i just really i I love this song you know my brothers and me we used to act it out all the time you know so i always used to uh play the devil and uh and and actually what we did at, at one point we we actually that's me they were the red pants by the way when i was back in my acting days um and so Anyways, and eventually we ended up, you know, even doing a whole performance on this at one point. And and basically it was this epic battle between the devil and Jesus, uh, you know, where, you know, Christ came to the cross and the devil thought that he had him and was victorious over uh, over, um, Jesus. But really, right, we all know that Christ was the one who was victorious in that fight. And so... We hear about all these things. So it was just, it was, that, that was a story of the champion. And, you know, there, there's all kinds of other ones. I mean, we, we hear about it in literature. There's, you know, like even Homer's Iliad. You know, we have these epic battles between uh, Hector and Achilles. Uh, you got the Spartacus. You got all these other great generals, Alexander the Great. We got Genghis Kong. Uh, we, and, and it's in media as well, right? So we, we listen to it in our music, and we read about it in our culture. I remember when I was a kid, there was a song, uh, you know, uh, I think it was by ETW, and it was called Destined to Win, win. and so every time, you know, we were about, you know, to like, you know, getting, you know, a boxing match, or whatever it was, we were just like, we're playing Destined to Win, right, we're just, and we were just, it was like one of those pump-up songs that we would, we would play, because it was, it's part of who we are, and then. There's other ones that you know that we used to play. Trace balance. Everybody remember Trace balance. The champions, the champions this is an old, old song, but she had another song called Champions. And then you know we got this other famous one by a band called Queen. I can't remember. We uh, are All the champions, my friends. Pastor Sherry kept going on. We'll keep on fighting till the end. We are the champions, we are the champions, no time for losing, cause we are the champions of the of world. world. <laughs> Even Carrie Underwood get in on this. Champion. I am Everybody, they talk about champions all over the place because champions is a big deal, right? You know, here's the thing about champions, right? Champions lead the fight. Okay, they're the ones who are first hopping into the battle. They don't want to be sitting on a bench. You never see a champion be like, "Hey, Bob," you know, "Hey, Coach, it's getting really tough right now. Please, you know, you know, I'm getting overwhelmed. Put me on the bench right now." They're like, "No, I want to be in the game." And I remember, you know, there was. Um, there was, a, there was a, a football game, I'm a big football fan, and uh, one, of, one of the stories that, uh, that stood out to me when I was even putting this together was, there was from last year's Super Bowl champ, was, uh, uh, the quarterback was Matthew Stafford, right, and we know him more locally around here because he was playing for the Lions team for a long time, which have not won any championships. But we do know, I feel like this is where I always relate to the Toronto Maple Leafs fans, right, it's, it's the same similar thing, but, but anyways. Here's the story. Matthew Stafford, when he, was, when he was basically in his rookie years, like year one or two, he's, he's playing another team, which was, you know, just lacking a lot of championships, which was the Browns. And they had him mic'd up this day, and he goes in. And so basically in the last play of the day, they're right, they're driving down. They're down by six, and they're, 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 they're near the goal line, and he gets hit really bad. And basically this hit takes him out of the game, what it turns out to be later known as it was a, it was a season-ending AC joint injury. Okay, but last play of the game, but it ends up happening. They have a penalty on that play, and so they get one more play, and he's sitting here. They, literally, he, he, he can't move his arm. He, he's, they pull him out, and he's laying on the ground on the sideline. The other team calls a timeout, and the next thing you know, he just pops up off the ground, and he says, coach, put me in, and he's just like, I can throw the ball. Don't worry about me, and he didn't even allow the coach, you know, them to just, you know, set him aside. He was just like, I'm going in. I'm playing the game. It does the game's on the line. There's one more play left. I know I can't move my arm. And so he just walks onto the field, and says, walks onto the field, and then you know they, they snap the ball, and two seconds later he throws the touchdown, wins, and they end up winning the game. Right? And it was just one of those moments where you're just like, he doesn't want to be on the sidelines. He wants to be out there leading. And I remember for me, you know, even that was you know the day that I remember I was just like, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan, you know, because this is this is the stuff that you know champions are made of when you know, we, we want to fight we want we want to win And one of the things that
1: champions have is that battle cry, right? Just as I was talking earlier, when when you have a resolve and there's something that's inside of you and you can't let it go, it begins to rise up and rise up and rise up. Have you guys ever felt this before? Where you just feel it rising up and you just can't be quiet about things anymore. And then you begin to just, you know, well, maybe you don't just begin to shout things in in that moment. (laughs) Sometimes I do, but um, but you begin to just act upon it and you see things from a different perspective. And so I really want to kind of just say what a battle cry is and um, uh, so a battle cry is a word or phrase that shouted by soldiers going into battle to express solidarity which is unity it's something that they cry when they're like we are all together come on let's go and everybody's voice is shouting together and the other thing that it does is it's meant to intimidate the enemy how many know when the enemy hears that loud noise coming and that hear it sounds like a thousand armies coming after him and it sounds like that he is defeated already it begins to do something in your mind how many of you guys know there are, there are times where you know we see things and we make them bigger in our mind and then we it, it becomes a big deal right mm-hmm. this is what that battle cry is meant to do to the enemy it's meant to rise that up inside of the enemy's mind to play with his mind to make him think that he's already defeated And as you are unifying together, you are now joining. You're like, you know what? We can't lose. We are joining together. And that's the great thing about fighting in God's army, is that we know that we're fighting from a place of victory already. So knowing that we have the victory, knowing where we are fighting from, and to be able to join our war cry together and to go after something with one voice together is going to move mountains. It's going to let the enemy know that we're coming. We will not be stopped, that even though he might be surrounding us, we've opened our eyes and we can see that there is more on our side than the enemy's side. Amen?
0: why don't you tell why don't you tell me a little bit about morale
1: oh okay
0: <laughs> tell them about morale
1: <laughs> i didn't finish my, my my part so part of a battle cry affects morale right and uh so when we rally the troops together um he wanted me to say this word esprit de corps mm-hmm. you guys know what that word is esprit de corps esprit de corps. Mm-hmm. okay i can't say it properly anyways from your heart, morale, and so this is um, actually in the dic- uh not the dictionary. I don't know where I got this from. Uh, oh, says, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. There yes. you go. It says that it, it is the capacity of a group's member to maintain belief in an institution or a goal, particularly in the face of opposition or hardship, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, it's often. Re- referenced by authority figures as a generic value judgment of the willpower, obedience, and self-discipline of a group tasked with performing certain duties assigned by a supervisor. So when we stand up here and we say, come on guys, we're going to fight. Here's how we can fight. And you guys begin to just pick that up and say, you know what, we're going to do this. and And you're doing this from your heart. And we can see that the morale will begin to pick up and as we're encouraging each other, we're joining together in unity, that morale is beginning to pick up. And you begin to think that, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can, maybe it's not as bad as what it is. And I remember um, years ago, this, this is kind of a funny story, but Brian acts out um, his dreams sometimes when he has a lack of sleep. And, uh, <laughs> and when I say act out his dreams, it, he really does. So when we were first married, we, um, we, I think it was like a couple of days after we got back from our honeymoon, and we're sleeping, and I was just learning how to sleep with all, in a completely dark room, because I always slept with the door open, the light on in the hallway, and, you know, that's just kind of the way I, I slept, and he slept in a pitch black room. So I'm trying to learn how to sleep like this, and it's the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, he jumps up over top of me, and he says, get down, get down, get down, get down. And so I just lay there like this, and I... I'm paralyzed with fear. I have no idea what I'm hiding from or what I'm being quiet from. But I know it's about to get me because he just told me he's protecting me from this thing. And so he keeps going on, and, and I'm just like, is there a robber in the house? Is somebody going to come shoot us? Like, what's going to happen? The door's closed. I can't even tell. I can't hear anything because we have a fan on. And I'm like, I don't know who's coming to get us. And I'm just, like, paralyzed with fear. After about three or four minutes when I realize He's sleeping and that there's really nothing in the room, all of a sudden things changed. And I was like, that fear was gone. There is nothing coming after me. And so I'm, Brian, wake up, wake up. There is nothing coming after me. And it took me a while, I I I don't think I slept the rest of that night, but that to be said, is that sometimes we build things up in our mind and the fear begins to build in our mind. And we don't need to allow the unknown of what we think might be happening or what other people are feeding through us to allow that fear to grow into something that's gonna paralyze us and make us just lay there like this wondering what is about to get me because God is on our side. Mm-hmm.
0: I, think, I think my most famous of uh, dreams uh, that I acted out was in that when I decided to uh, the water the plants in the middle of the night and grabbed my, you know, full cup of water and, and dumped it on top of uh, Pastor Sherry, and... Uh... Yeah, no, 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 it doesn't stop there, though. When he
1: <laughs> did that, it startled him awake because it splashed on him, and we're talking like a full, a full large <laughs> glass of water. Dumped it right on top of me, and, and I woke up, and I was like, and he and then it splashed on him, he says, what are you doing?
0: <laughs>
1: what am I doing? I that old, what but are you doing? And then so he's like, well, you just dumped water. you got to go change the sheets now. Yeah. <laughs> I told him Such to wake is up. Such life,
0: eh? <laughs> so anyways, just to wrap up, even on the morale part, with good morale, a force is less likely to give up or surrender. Morale is almost always assessed as a collective rather than an individual level. Uh, and wartime civilian morale is also important, right? And so really, it's just something that, it, it's, it's something that we all come together and do together, and that is what captures morale. And when people are in low morale, that's when you get mutinies and all these other types of things. But when morale is high, right, it can lead us to another whole level. Now, one of the things I want to talk about, we're talking about war cries and, and battle cries, and history is full of all of these different war cries. And so in the Civil War, even in the United States, they had something called the rebel yell. Some people are familiar with that, but the rebel yell, I, I was reading on it and it said, it was the ugliest sound that any mortal had ever heard. So I will save your ears in trying to replicate it this morning. But you know, it sounds some sort of uh, combination of sounding like a coyote, etc. cetera. Uh, the other one, that, another one they had was the Roman uh, Baretus. And they actually took this out of actually uh, the Germanic uh, crusades at that particular time. And they said that the late Roman army, particularly, they would start with this, um, like this low kind of cry and it became a harsh, intermittent roar, right? So it started kind of softer and then it started, you know, gaining momentum. They would actually take their shields and different things and they would kind of put them together so that the sound would echo out. And it would just kind of raise up even louder and louder and get more and more of a verbatim uh, happening. And uh, basically, they said that by the time it would finish, it would be like this terrifying bellow that was just going forth as they were about to conquest with their armies. Another one that had uh, that took place was, and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but it's uh, uh, Deus hoc vult, right? And this actually came from the when the when the uh, Pope was actually giving uh, a speech uh, about the Crusades to go back and take over the Holy Land. As he had did such, all of the people they all started shouting which means God wills it. And so the Pope at that time, you know, um, you know answered by saying, let this be your war cry in combat because the word, uh, this word is given to you by God. And so as they went on all through the Crusades, that was one of the battle cries that they had um, going into victory, that, uh, going through that whole campaign. Um, So, another one, by the way, so the Japanese had the bonsai, right? We hear about the bonsai. Uh, You had the Americans. Another one they used was liberty or death. You had the the ukai uh, from the Mongols or the yura from uh, the Russians. The Finnish used the talta, Manili, and Scotland, which is one of my other favorite ones that they used, uh, was agra, uh, sorry, abagruba, which meant Scotland forever. And so... All of these were, you know, were were just battle cries. But see, here's the thing that it, that it says here. It says, in Isaiah 42:13, we just read it, and it says, it, it declared that not only right did Christ walk out as a champion, but it says that he did such with passion. He did such with zeal. And it says that as he went out, so he he stirred stirred himself up. And he's got this passion. He's got this zeal. And then he releases a battle cry onto the the field of victory where he was descending.
1: There's a scripture actually in Deuteronomy. I want to read this to you. It is amazing. It's Deuteronomy 20, uh, verse one to four. And it says, when you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots, and an army larger than your own you shall not be afraid of them for the Lord your God is with you who brought you up out of the land of Egypt and when you draw near to the battle the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them "Hear, O Israel today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies let not your heart faint do not fear do not panic or be in dread of them for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for You against your enemies to give you the victory. Today, Inspiration Nine Church, I'm gonna give this charge to you guys today. When you guys go out to war against your enemies and you see horses and you see chariots and you see an army that is larger than your own, do not be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. Do you know why? Because the Lord, your God, He is with you in this moment. And as we go up and the battle draws near, we are gonna come and we're gonna stand up here and we are gonna say to you, hear, oh, Inspiration Nine Church. Today, you are drawing near to the battle against your enemies. But I'm gonna say something to you. Let not your heart faint. Do not fail. Do not fear. Do not panic. Don't be in dread of them. Do you know why? God, The Lord your God, he is the the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies. You You have the victory. 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 We have the victory in Christ Jesus. Amen?
0: Amen. The Bible introduces a term called the Lord of Hosts or the Lord of Heaven Armies. And we first see this reference actually in 1 Samuel, uh, actually one 11, and then re- I'll read this for you. And it says, and then she made a vow and said, O Lord of Hosts, if you will indeed look on my affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, But will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. This is referencing this is actually the mother of the prophet Samuel, and so she's praying this in the temple. And what I found was unique about this is if you remember, for those who were here back in January, we talked about how in this year we believe that this was a year of consecration unto the Lord. And so what she did here is is as she prayed unto the Lord of Hosts. She immediately followed that up with an act of consecration of her son into the ministry that God had prepared for him. See, the military name of God for hosts is actually Sabaoth or uh, you know, Saba. I always pronounce it to Saba. I know the T's probably silent, but that's just the way that I do it. And it comes from a Hebrew word, which means to wage war. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting when I looked up uh, actually the word you know, Sabaoth se- Okay, but it, it specifically speaks of not only being under the leadership of the Lord of Hosts, but it also specifically speaks of being under the protection of in war. So I thought this was really, you know, cause a lot of times we you know we just talk about like when we are in a military thing or we talk about, you know, the leadership of certain things, but it was a dualism, right? It, it, it talked about leadership and protection that was harmoniously set together when they were in a company under the Lord of hosts. And so I wanna read actually in 1 Samuel 4, we're gonna just read from 4, 4 to 8. And it says, this is the children of Israel, and they, were in a, they were in a battle with the Philistines at this particular time. And it says, and so the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of, uh, sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, All Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, Why does what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? So here the children of Israel, they're shouting because God the Lord of hosts is coming into the camp that day, and it's that the earth is shaking. Get this imagery, the earth shakes because there was so much shouting that went on. And then it says that the, 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 he, the Philistines then started asking this question, and then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid, and they said, God has come into the camp, and they said, woe to us. For such a thing has never happened before, woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. This is the impact. So not only did it unify the children of Israel that day, but it also went out and sent a message into the enemy's camp, that of intimidation, because the Lord of hosts was here in the midst of this. So I want to you know one of the things I want to actually do I want you guys all stand up for just a moment here. We're all going to stand up here. I, I know now we're, we're, we're going to do something. Because a battle cry, right? We're all the army of God. This is what we all learned today. We're the army of God. Amen? And so what I want to do now, we're, we're, we don't have thousands and thousands of people here in this room, but we do have a room full of believers in the army of God. And I want to, this morning, I want to just practice a couple times. I want to send out a, a message to the gates of hell that we are here today. Are you guys with me? So I'm going to count to three, and when we count to three, I just want you guys to just release. We're releasing our voices today in a shout. You guys ready? One, two, three.
2: That wasn't too bad. That was good. Right?
0: You know, I mean, we probably would have made a few cats scatter along the way uh, or whatever, uh, but... But I feel we're doing good. I, I, this, this, it takes a little bit to warm up. We're gonna, you know, that's to do it like the Roman barista, right? We're we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this again. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Yeah! Much better. That's that's better, right? I still feel that we have just a little bit more oomph. They say there's this, this part in our gut here that we can do where the ground shakes and everything, okay? So last time, promised promise for here, but we're gonna do this one more time. You guys ready? You guys with me? Uh, 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 this time, just give me one good shout at the end. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. See, you guys felt the shaking there. was a little bit better, right? And. And this is what we, you guys may be seated, go ahead.
1: That was good. And you know, Christ leads the angelic host and um, he puts he's in this position to conquer and to conquest and uh, many of you guys know, you guys know my son, Vincent. So when we were, when we were pregnant with Vincent, um, we were trying to figure out what we were gonna name him and we couldn't agree on a name, but we agreed on a meaning of a name and we both knew that we wanted to name either something that had to do with conquering or... I, I, I wanted Vincent to actually be named champion. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes. This is not a lie. He did yes. say to me, let's and just have him champion. I was convinced. i like... And I said... No, (laughs) I said, you can call him champ. You can call him champion. I'm good with that. Um, But so when we named him Vincent, Vincent actually means to conquer. And so we knew that we wanted to to name because names are so, so uh, special. And when we're calling our children's names, we are calling, we're speaking something out. We have power of life and death in our tongue. So anyways, this is just a little side note there. Um, Okay, so I want to tell you guys, you guys know I like Webster's 1828 Dictionary, so I looked up conquest in the dictionary, and it says, it is the act of conquering, the act of overcoming or vanquishing opposition by force, physical or moral. It's applied to persons, territory, and the like, and it usually implies or includes a taking possession of. you guys ready to take possession of what's rightfully ours? You guys ready for this? It also speaks of the heart, the passions, and the will. And this, I want to share a story of, you know, Pastor Brian um, brought out Jehovah Saba, and I want to share a story. You guys know the story of David and Goliath, right? And so David and Goliath, da- so, yeah, we have David mm-hmm. right here, right here. He's, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys know David, he was a shepherd boy. And God prepared him because on a daily basis, he's fighting off lions and bears and all of the uh, attacks of the enemy against his sheep. So he was being prepared for this moment. So he went actually to bring food to his brothers who were actually in the war. And when he gets there, he sees this giant Philistine who comes out and he's taunting all of the people. And he's thinking, this can't be right. Why? What is going on? guys ever feel like that before where you see something happening you're like why is this happening and they're all afraid and nobody knows who's gonna come and who's gonna fight and so I wanna um so anyways David comes and he's got his slingshot and he's like I'll do it I'll fight him He's been preparing for this moment. He didn't know he was going to fight a giant at any point, but he knew on a daily basis that his job was to protect sheep. And he knew that on a daily basis, his job was to knock out the lions and to take out the bears and to take out everything that came in the way of his sheep's protection. And so they, they let him go. And so I want to read in First Samuel 17, in verse 45, it says, then David said to the Philistine, he's talking to Goliath here. He says, you come to me. With a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But he says, I come to you in the name of Jehovah Sabah, the Lord of hosts. And he says, He says, This is the God of the armies of Israel who you have defied. He's speaking right to him. He's like, You know what? You don't know who you're messing with. You don't know. And it says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know, this is key, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. He stood up there with the name of the Lord of hosts with him and he knew there was nothing that was gonna stop him because it didn't matter how he was gonna fight him. It didn't matter if he was gonna come after him with a sword. It didn't matter if he was gonna come after him with a slingshot. What mattered was that God was taking him where he was going. And that day, he knew he was fighting from a place of victory.
0: Amen. That's, I, I love that story, right? I mean, it was just like, I, you know, he didn't list off all of his weaponry. He's just, I'm just coming in in the name of Jehovah Saba. And that's all that I need to go into battle that day. And then, and, and then boom, Goliath was on his back. And, 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 it, and it was for Christ. Right? It was for, you know, the victory of God and the glory went to him that day. And uh, I like that story. You know, battle cries, right, and, you know, it's a, as a follower of Christ, we're called to be like Christ. It says even when we get baptized with him, it says that we, you know, we take on the image and the nature of Christ himself. And he's the champion of champions, right? So we get imparted into us the DNA of a champion, an heir of God as royalty, and we are called to conquest we're called to conquer, as Pastor Sherry you know, talked about. Another word that it, you know, it actually uses a lot is we're actually called to prevail. You know what it means to prevail? It basically means to dominate your foe. Right, even by by acts of force or strength, whatever it may be, it's actually an act of domination, right, over your enemy. That's what it means when you talk about prevail, right? So, we really, you know, when it comes to the powers of darkness, this is the DNA of what we have as believers. You guys hear me? This is in our DNA to be able to conquest, to be conquerors, to be champions, to be able to just go forth and attack the gates of hell. It says the gates of hell won't be able to stand against us, right? Gates are there to protect hell from us, right? And we're gonna be going and be victorious in that particular circumstances. And so if I could, by the way, if I could summarize, this is Pastor Brian's summary, okay, of the battle cry of heaven, I would summarize it as this statement. As one. As one. You see, it says in 1 Timothy, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. We have the Trinity, it's one. We have, there is one body and one spirit. And just as you were called into the hope of your calling, the body of Christ, we are all one. It says how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to be able to dwell together in unity. Unity and oneness of spirit is what we are called to be in the body of Christ. And so the the war cry of heaven is as one. There was a movie, I love all these epic movies back from the day, but there was a movie with uh, Russell Crowe in it. It was called The Gladiator, Right? And, and in this particular movie, he was a general in the army and he basically got betrayed and he becomes a, a basically like a slave gladiator. And as they walk into this first arena with all these other gladiators and all they have is like, you know, like a little sh- a shield and a sword and, and they're standing there and he basically says, we have no idea what is going to be coming through those gates when they open them up into the arena. He says, but I know this. But if we all stand together as one, we will be able to be victorious over whatever they send our way. And so immediately, you know, the next thing you know, there's, there's chariots and horses and everyone running around and they're all stuck in the middle of this, this arena. And those little, the stragglers on the side, they get taken out right away. But the oneness of the unit stayed together. And you hear them as they go through, and it's like, as one, as one. And as they stood together, they were able to defeat an army and uh, of people who were coming, who were more powerful than them, who had more experience than them, who had more weaponry than they did. But it was through that unity of being in one spirit that they were able to be able to produce an outcome much greater than what they um, had originally.
1: That's right. So we're going to actually, uh, when we're talking about um, being one and we're talking about conquesting, we're, we're going to wrap up with three main ingredients of conquesting and being champions. And the first one is heart. And uh, in First Samuel 16, to 7, it says, So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What matters is our heart. Our heart matters a whole lot. And if there's something inside of your heart that shouldn't be there, or there's something in your, in your heart that you should be acting upon in God's kingdom that you're not, it's a big deal. And so God, he looks at our heart. And so, you know, people, that, that story was about David when they were um, trying to, Samuel was trying to anoint the next king of Israel. And so he went to Jesse's house and said, bring out all your sons. And so Jesse brought out all of his sons except David because David was just the shepherd boy. He was just like nobody thought of him. Nobody cared. He was the one who was just tending the sheep. But do you know what? He had a heart after God. had a heart for God and he understood protecting sheep and he understood the battle and he understood his assignment and so he acted upon that and and that's where God talks about the heart that it's not doesn't matter what's on the outside what matters is what God's put on the inside and how we are acting upon that you see champions in the worldly sense when when you look at champions you they there's an element of pride that's involved with that right because they're, they're like, I can do this. It's all me. Look how strong I am. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. But, you know, champions in the kingdom of God are humble. They're full of humility. And champions are the ones who, even though, you know, they're, they, they've been through the battle, they've been through things, it doesn't wipe them out. It doesn't take them out. They keep going because they have a heart after God.
0: God's word says that God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. And even another name of God, which is Jehovah Chisazi, talks about he is our strength. And they know that they can depend upon the strength of God as they go into battle. They can go in with Saba as they go into victory. And so it's really important as we understand that. The second point that we want to make about conquesting champions is they have passion. They have zeal. um, And they make bold and daring moves. Bold. Boldness is something. It says, it says even when we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it says that it gives us dunamis power for the Holy Spirit to be able to come upon. And there's an, an empowerment and an enablement that he gives on there for boldness. Peter, you know, it said when he went and preached on the day of Pentecost, this was a man who was hiding right, from those the soldiers when Christ was getting crucified. And here he is on the day of Pentecost, the boldness that came upon him, and he was out preaching in the streets, and thousands of people ended up getting saved by the boldness that came upon him. Champions, right, conquesting champions work with passion, and they work with bold and daring moves. In John 2, verse 15 to 17, it says, and this is talking about Jesus when he walked into the temple. And he says, and when he had made a whip of cords... He drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold the doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Christ came into the temple that day with a battle cry, and he came in with one of passion. He came in overturning the temples and said, this is a house of prayer. This is a house of prayer, and it's not gonna be made into a den of thieves. You see, there's, there's, there's passions that are taking place in the zeal and a hunger for the things of God, but it also speaks in God's word for us to put down the other worldly passions as well. It's in 2 Timothy 2.12, it talks about training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control upright in godly lives, uh, godly lives in this present age. Galatians, it talks about, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. See, godly champions, godly conquesters, right, are always passionate for God, not of this world.
1: That's right. And even when we're talking about passion, we're talking about determination and commitment. Somebody who's passionate is not somebody who's just going to be flaky and just hear one moment and not hear the next minute. A person who is passionate has commitment. They are determined. They will do what it is that they are meant to do. They, they with, and they won't let obstacles in their way hinder them. And that brings me to the next thing even is that uh, they know who they are. They know where their identity lies. And so, and and I find it so interesting even now in this time and in in the society that we live in that so many people are struggling with who they are, where they fit, what their identity is, and how many times do I hear these identity crises and and these identity um, questions that people have where it's so easy to step back and say, you know what, I can see that the enemy is attacking people at their core. The enemy's attacking people with who they are, because if they don't know who they are, they're not going to be able to fight from a place of victory, because they're not going to realize that they are victorious in Jesus Christ. They're not going to realize that something is rising up on the inside of them, and so
0: that is a big deal. The last one that we want to talk about is will, right? We hear this phrase often, you know, uh, some of us call it strong-willed. Other of us call it stubborn. I
1: I just want to interrupt here for a second because
0: I just I I feel like this is
1: (laughs) this is a moment. I feel like there are people who have been who have had this spoken over you that you have been strong-willed, that you have been uh, stubborn and difficult, and it's been spoken over you in a negative way, and you've grown up knowing uh, inside that you've just been a problem because you just have this this um, determination, this difficulty inside because you are. in the world's eyes stubborn but i feel like what god is saying in this moment is that that stubbornness that the world has labeled on you is not stubbornness for the enemy god put it in your life to be a determination for you to not quit when the battle comes, for you to not quit when the enemy comes against you, but to rise up and to stand fast in who you've been called to be and what Christ has put on the inside of you. So if that's you and you've had that word spoken over you, where you've been told that you're stubborn, where you've been told that you're difficult to work with, where you've been told that you are hard headed, break those chains right now and take them flip them around for good, because what God put on the inside of you was not that to, be, to come out for the enemy, that was put inside of you so that you would be a, an unstoppable force for the kingdom of God. Yeah.
0: And that goes back to knowing who you are in Christ Jesus and identifying with Christ. And I believe we have a, we have, we have a handout that we wanted to hand out today too. I don't know where they are, um, but we have, oh, no problem. We have we have a handout and then we have put together for you a bunch of in him, in Christ Jesus realities. Right? And if I can just get Pastor Sherry's and get those, the ushers can start handing those out to you guys. But these here are things that identify to you who you are in Christ Jesus. Right, and these are things that you can confess over your life. They're things that you can pray over, and that they will be able to get on the inside of you. Because if you got an identity problem, you got an identity crisis. What we need to know is where our identity is rooted. Okay, and so as we move into this last point, which is will. Okay, this is that that portion. Right, you know, um, as you know, it says in Proverbs twenty four sixteen, it says, "For the righteous man may fall seven times, but he will rise again." Champions don't quit. It doesn't matter how many times they get knocked down, they're getting back up. I've, you know, you see seen it. You know, they're down on the ground. They can barely move, but they're getting back up. And then they get knocked down again, and the next time they can barely crawl, but they're getting back up. Champions don't quit. Right. Champions get back up on their feet every time, and they say, I might be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. You can't knock me out of the race. And that is what the heart of, of that means. You know, it says, um, it says in John, um, actually, I want to read this here first. It says, Pastor, Pastor Dave, by the way, is over here in the room. And once he told me, he said, he said God, I love this quote. So he says, he goes, God's greatest champions grow up in the dunghills. And, uh, you know, if you take a look at David, right? He grew up in the dunghills of the sheep, right? And, um, you know, I find that, what, what, what I, I, I often find is, is that too many people have adversity that comes their way. They got crap that comes into their lives, and they quit. They give up. They're, they're, they're dealing with disappointments. They're dealing with hurts, and, and they just they quit. You know, in World War II, the Japanese came, and they dropped a bomb on Pearl Harbor. And I believe it was Roosevelt at that time right? And, then, and this devastated, you know, the, the whole fleet, it was a major impact to, to, to North America. Now, this is a picture, by the way, of me, uh, uh, you know, and the Dunghills are of life, right? Uh, but, but in this particular case, Roosevelt rises up and he, and he gives this, in part of his speech that he gives to the nation, but he says, and the people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. He says, that law, this loss isn't gonna take us out, right? It only unified them together to push onward to victory. And, when, and there was another quote, I actually had posted this this last week, and it was from a general of the Japanese army right after they had bombed, um, bombed Pearl Harbor, and it was from uh, a Soroko Yamamoto. Sorry if I pronounce that incorrectly. But this is what he says. He says, I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve. God is speaking to you today. That the church is no longer going to be a sleeping giant, but it's going to rise up with a terrible resolve to be able to conquest forward on the gates of hell. We are called to conquest this day. And God, I, I just even just pray for this, this impartation of a resolve on the inside of you to be able to get out of the surviving of life into the victory of life. It says in Romans, it says, who shall separate us from God's love? Shall, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness or peril or sword, right? It says we're even killed all day long. We're counted as sheep as a slaughter. But yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us.
1: That's right, church. It is time to stand up. It is time to fight. It is time to realize that we are not fighting from a place of of defeat, that we have not been defeated. We are no longer victims. We are no longer ones who are just gonna allow the enemy to walk over us, but today, We are fighting from a place of victory. Today we are fighting from a place knowing that we are rallying together. Today we
2: are gonna join this battle cry and we are gonna begin to shout unto God. We're gonna begin to fight
1: our battles together and we are gonna join together in unity and say the devil can have no more authority here. We are taking over, we are taking back what is rightfully ours and we are gonna fight and we are gonna win. There is no defeating in
2: Jesus name. The enemy's been defeated
1: the doors who you are in Christ I want you to know the victorious warrior that you are in Christ so I'm gonna pray with you guys right now we're gonna uh, walk out of these doors victorious amen God, I thank you that you are here with us. God, I thank you for every person at the sound of my voice, Father, that that resolve is just rising up on the inside of them. And as they go about their week, Father, that everything that tries to come against them, every arrow that tries to attack them, I thank you, Father, that that arrow will be quenched in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for the victory that is theirs because yours is the battle today in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you guys go, one last thing I want to leave you guys guys with is that I don't remember who said this to me um, but anyways they were talking about <laughs> um, with the shields in our in the battle when they would have the shields and they were wooden and they would soak them in water and then they would join them together so that when the fiery arrows would come against them that they would be quenched because they were soaking with water and so that it could not catch fire and so I want you to know this week as you go about things the, the water represents the Holy Spirit Take the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go and and drench your shield with that. Spend time in his presence, bask in his presence, and know that you guys are all victorious warriors in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Welcome oh. to the After Nine Show. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Josiah had to run, C- come here, run back anyway.
4: I don't run. Not you don't quickly, mind anyway.
3: He's good at running. Uh, welcome to the After Nine Show. Oh, hello, Da-da-da. hello. So uh, for those of you that don't know, basically what we are is we're reenacting what you would experience if you were in here today with us a little bit um, of
4: fellowship a little bit yeah. of, like uh,
3: conversation a yeah. little bit of tangents there's always a tangent we're here to hang bunny really. trails here and there <laughs> um, and we're going to basically just talk to you about what we learned today and if you didn't check the service out and you're just joining us now the beauty of technology is that you can rewind wait yeah <laughs>
4: Be kind, I, rewind, I, I right? always
3: mess up, fast forward and rewind. <laughs> you can rewind. So rewind it and uh, and then you can check it out.
4: And it'll make a little bit more sense <gasps> of what we're saying.
3: Oh, <laughs> my God. We have some birthdays this week. Oh, OK. I forgot. Um, Pastor Luke's birthday is tomorrow.
4: Tomorrow, August and 1st.
3: Pastor Michael's birthday is tomorrow.
4: Also August 1st. Yes.
3: And Andrew Johnson's birthday is today, July, July 31st. 31st. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> you nailed it. I, I mean nailed it. you showed so it in my ear. I wanted but you I know sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm
3: sorry. I wanted to remember that. So if you see our pastors or Andrew Johns this week at all, give them a happy birthday. But For sure. let's just get right into it, Josiah. What did you think about service today?
4: What was I saying about service? Well yeah, what did you think about it? I thought it was very encouraging and I thought um, I always love when Pastor Brian Shimatero has to give very, mm-hmm. like, upbeat messages because mm-hmm. he's usually not like that Yeah. <laughs> and it's very uh, fun to see him actually get a little bit rowdy about something, you know, show a little bit of passion every yeah. now and again.
3: He's a very leveled man.
4: Uh, yeah. But I, I love the message. I think it's it's something that we definitely uh, always forget about, I think, in the church yeah. is like the kind of passion and that victory that we hold. and. And just going forth, knowing that we, everything, everything's going to be fine because Jesus has and already had the last say. Like it's done.
3: It's done. It's over. Yeah. It's won. It's such a simple
4: message, but there's so much to it at the same time. I kept
3: (laughs) singing Mulan during service. You know the part that's like, because my thing is what like yes we're in the war, but like what are we fighting for? Like what are we fighting towards? Are we fighting for other people? Are we fighting for souls? Are we fighting for the church? Like we need to have in our the forefront of our mind what the fight is about, because if you just go into the battlefield and you don't know what you're fighting for. Yeah.
4: And as Pastor Brian said, it's tied to your identity and yeah. your purpose, like there's so much more to it um, that like within your life that you really always have to be conscious of and always be striving towards. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You're good. Should we bring in our, our friends? I think so. So... Uh,
4: well, they keep talking, so that's the issue. Let's
3: see. <laughs> let's see if they make eye contact. Hello. <laughs> okay, Josiah, you keep staring at them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have pastors Brian and Karen Travail joining us today. So it's going to be a full house, um, but these people are uh, a force to be reckoned with when it comes to prayer. They, uh, they're gonna eventually take over from me because they were so good last week at hosting, but um, Yeah, so today like when we're once they once they eventually we'll here, make eye contact with us pastor Rick's talking to them. So um, basically, I, I think that what I got out of service today was just picking up your shield, picking up your sword, you know, picking up your sling, like, what do you have? And we talked about this kind of last week. Like, what's in your hands? Are you ready for battle, are you ready for war? Because if you just live life day to day without the intention of fighting, then, uh, like, that's not what Jesus would do.
4: Absolutely, you gotta be purposeful with everything that you do. Yeah. But at the same time, don't feel that incredible pressure. Just live your life in a way that you know Jesus wants you to He does. It's, it's amazing how much he asks for, but he really doesn't ask for that much. You know what I was gonna say? <laughs> Messiah.
3: what's that do you remember the scene in lord of the rings i think it's boromir okay when he so basically guys if you haven't seen Lord of the rings i'm sorry it. i can't it's been First years off, you need it. to watch it yeah like but basically there's a ring and boromir gets an envy for it and a hunger for it yep it's boromir right yeah mm-hmm. and there's a part where he's trying to kind of defend his title and like. He feels bad or whatever, and then it's like when he goes down, and there's just so many arrows that come at him. Do you remember that scene? So sad.
4: Yes. He he survived three. It was the fourth that got him.
3: But he saved a bunch of people.
4: But yeah, see, it was in his <sighs> lowest moment, actually, where he was the most tempted, and he was about to, I think he was about to kill Frodo for the ring. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were attacked, and then he remembered who he was, yeah. and immediately took a 180 and saved everybody and sacrificed himself. <laughs> It's chills. a great scene. Chills. I mean, spoiler alert. No, that's great. But that year what year did that come out in?
3: Yeah, it's Way been more than ago. ten years, so yeah. at this point, if you haven't seen it, that's not our fault. Yeah. Larry Oh, oh. The director has oh, left his chair. We're in trouble. Oh snap. Not
4: as much trouble as oh. the trails for not realizing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys gonna get
3: in here or what? <laughs> Pastor Rick, you're messing up my show, man. Alright, so what's gonna happen, Josiah? Okay. You're gonna keep that microphone. Okay. We're gonna give this to Pastor Brian. Oh, we we're gonna share. No, we we're gonna give you this. Okay. Because I want you guys to be able to interrupt
5: each other. And
0: then we're gonna oh. <laughs> But remember
3: Remember the hand thing. Don't touch
5: it. Am I doing all right? Am I doing okay? Are, Thus far. Okay. Are we'll we on right on. now? We're online.
2: Are we on right oh, now? We're going. Oh, we're going. Oh, we've been okay. going. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> wasn't
6: that an amazing message? I mean, when Pastor Brian said that about a bench sitter, I am no bench sitter. Hold on for about, a second. How, how can about you give that you? to your wife? How about you? Oh, no, Are you a bench sitter? There is no way. That just got the fire going on the inside of me. I am mm-hmm. a champion, and I am not a bench sitter. And you know, David was a shepherd before he was a king. But when he was a king, he was still a shepherd because he watched after the people. Now a shepherd in a field, think about it, how many hours a day are you out in a field with the sheep?
4: Did he have them? Sun up to sun down. Exactly.
6: He probably knew them all by name. He had names for them. And how many hours did he get to practice those stones in a sling? How many hours a day was he throwing those? Wow, because in the natural, there's no way a youth is going to come up against a giant. God bless.
5: How do you follow that? Like, I mean, you know, I just get like, yeah, really, eh? um, what they actually, I, I, I feel in the spirit, something was turned, a corner was turned today. And I feel there's a different mantle on the house as a result of what took place today. But you know, one of the things that really hit me was he talked about the unity of spirit and how. In in uh, gladiator, they all kind of turn their backs to each other, which means you didn't see the person protecting you necessarily, but you trusted. But, and I think what the big thing is is somewhere in our hearts we have to come to a level of trust where we can rely on not only our brother but more importantly the Spirit of God and the unity of the house. Yeah. I think this message yeah, that wow. this message was definitely a
4: challenge to the church. It's saying like. It's time for you to remember who you are, and it's time to walk out that life of faith that
5: you claim to have. Yeah, right. but I feel yeah. like the house has responded as well. I believe something transpired here today. I felt in the spirit where we've turned a corner, and we're going to a level that we've never seen or been to before.
3: Th- Sorry, guys. Uh, I agree. And you know what? something I was thinking of too the whole time they are talking about David is how they were saying how... I don't know if we actually read this verse, but it described who David was. But it made it made a point to say that he was young, and so I think too, like we were kind of talking about when we were talking about Lord of the Rings, Boromir actually stepped into the identity that he was. Like he remembered who he was, and so I just want to encourage you today, stepping out <laughs> into, uh, um, sorry,
6: <laughs>
3: stepping out into the battlefield and like coming on. The, the field like I think if you're if your job was to be a general and you didn't perform the job the duties that you had then you'd be failing your job so like if you if you're a a bowman or you're a whatever whatever it's like pick up what you're supposed to be I don't know war terms but do what you're supposed to do be who you're supposed to be and like grasp onto your identity when you're going into war because if you don't do that then you, you're not going to be able to, to do what you're you know because well, you have to be trained, like you were is, saying, Pastor Karen.
5: Something along the line. That's good. I don't yes. know if it's exactly what yeah. you were hitting on, but um, you know, in Scripture, in Matthew twenty-six to thirty-one, Jesus actually predicted that. You, you ruined my scripture Sorry. now. <laughs> it's okay. You actually uh, said, he, uh, Jesus actually predicts Peter's denial, right? Mm-hmm. But I want you to catch this. Then Jesus said to them, "All of you will be made to stumble because of me." This night, and it is written that I will strike the shepherd, and this uh, the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So, I think it's under it's, it's important to understand that as champions, we're going to be hit with something, and the very thing that we're hit on is the very thing that's going to help motivate us but also help motivate the flock. And we have two choices we can either get scattered or we can get back up and get in the game, right? And that's the that's the that's the fine print I don't think they tell us when we get saved and get into the church. You know, we're not here because of us. We're not here because we're glorifying ourselves or haven't going to have an illustrious career as Christians. We're leading in an area that there's going to be opposition, there's going to be a fight, there's going to be a struggle, but there's something in our DNA that is going to rise. I don't know how many times... I've just kind of said, that's it, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm not even going to do this anymore, but yet something inside me says, what about all the others that are looking up to you that gets me off the mat? That's all I have to say. We'll
4: take the- that. I need this? Oh, you need this? You do that. I need it. No. You, you got
5: one. How many oh, do you need?
4: This one doesn't this work.
5: Oh. <laughs> Sorry. oh, it works? Oh, it
4: does work. It works now? Oh, there you go.
3: What do you think, Larry? Can I talk in it?
5: Okay. This is kind of an impromptu moment here. Uh, I
3: like it. I, yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. This is great. It's like a family photo. Yeah. Um, do you have something to say? With mom and dad. Oh, though. it just Okay, great.
5: Mom and dad aren't here. Just to clear, clear that, we're all kids. Oh, you were. Sorry. <laughs> uh, just to go along with what you said,
4: Um and also what she said. It was so in the military people have certain roles and certain yes. duties yes. and yeah. uh, when you're put in that position others are going to depend on you that Everybody's die, up right? to that position and you're going to take on that mantle and you're going to take up that mantle and you're going to do what you need to do and you're going to be there for those that you need to be there for and you're going to, um, for the kingdom of God, do what your purpose is or you're not going to and a lot of people I think they, they feel that they can coast through that position, they feel like, oh, I'm I'm here, I'm present, but I'm not I'm not quite stepping up to the mantle, but I'm here, so everyone can like be happy with me, but don't depend on me, stuff like that. It's you're either in or you're out. If you're coasting, you're out. Like mm. th- there's only one way to take it. No, it's, neutral position. no, there's no neutral position, no fence sitting, no bench sitting,
6: That's whatsoever. That's a good point because yeah. in a battle or as a, as um you know someone as a police officer their partner, they have to have their back. And if someone is bench sitting or someone is not stepping up to the plate, I mean, you want your partner to have you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That's great.
5: And I just had a thought on that. Um, when we're actually in the battle cry, we're actually in the spirit of the battle, not in the flesh of our strength or of our own strength or in the reliance of our own strength. Yeah. There's something supernatural about the battle cry that positions us, but also equips us, right? And we step from the flesh into the spirit.
6: And there's a confidence. When you let out a battle cry, you've got confidence in something. And when we let out a battle cry to Jesus, for Jesus, when we let out a spiritual battle cry, we have confidence in God that he is going to
3: move. Something
6: is going to shift. Something is going to change. Mm
3: -hmm. Amen. Okay, I got to close. You guys are done. All right. (laughs) This is what happens when you get the travails on. Um, By the way, you guys were exceptional last week. (laughs) Exceptional. I watched it twice. Um, But yeah, so I hope whatever you heard today encourages you. I hear Larry's alarm going off, but I just want to remind you that... um, don't don't discredit who you are and what position yes. you've been given in the battlefield of God. Because we've all been given an important role, and it's like I mean, there's I mean, I don't want to get into it anyway. If
5: if I could just for one second, <sighs> if you're if you're being attacked, if you're being hit, there's Tell a reason people. you're being hit. It's it's the devil's strategy to take you.
3: Oh, that's it? You're good? That's it. Okay, great. Well, in closing, just a reminder, we don't have uh, the Lighthouse tomorrow. We won't be meeting until the following Monday. Um, so enjoy your family day. <laughs> and um, uh, that's that's. I'm Sarah. Uh, this is Josiah, Pastor Karen, and Pastor Brian. And we hope you have the best Sunday of your life. We will see you next week for Battle Cry Part 2.